Well, thank you so much, and it's so great to be here again this week, and uh, my wife wasn't feeling well this morning, so I'm sorry she's not here today, but she said to say hi, and uh, if you remember, well, last week, if you were here, I'm going through, personally, my favorite passage of the Bible, and I believe it's a key passage to understand, to know the Bible, and it's where God tells us who's truly blessed in this world, and I think, really, if you were to... I know for myself, growing up, I had the, well, I don't know about privilege, it wasn't that fun, but I've seen both sides. I grew up in a very ungodly home with alcoholism and other things like that, and I got to see that side of life, and then at about 12 years old, my family completely changed, and so I got to see that side of life, and our family, is, my dad was very wealthy. I got to see that side of things, and I have, my mom comes from a very wealthy family, and I got to see what wealth can do without God. It's not blessed. It is definitely not blessed. They, there's, there's down and outers, and there's up and outers. But everybody, if they're not in God, they're, they're not blessed. And so, I've, all my life, I've watched things, and I, I tried to see what is real. What is really real? I, I fake just... If you're searching for things, and I think my whole life, I was searching really, I don't know if I'd have put it this way as a young man, but I was searching to be blessed. That's really what I was seeking after. And the world would have told you, and I, I swallowed it, if you, if you have this, you're going to be blessed. You know, as a teenage boy, you're, <laughs> what you're told there is blessed is, not, is definitely not blessed. But I thought if somebody says it's great, I'm going to go after it. And you go after all these things. And it's so frustrating to be seeking to be blessed and then sort of attaining what you thought was going to make you happy and it didn't. It actually left you more empty than you were before. And so the world has a, many different answers to what we're going to look at here, the, the Beatitudes, where Jesus says nine times, eight, eight Beatitudes, nine times where he says blessed. And he starts off by saying Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Those first four kind of come in a bit of a package. And so we're going to just do a bit of a review just to bring you all back. And if you weren't here, but we said last week, if you were to ask the world, blessed are the... There'd be all sorts of answers, but I think probably one of the number one, if, as I've done this, I've asked people, what would you say is rich? That would definitely be a big one. Blessed are the rich. Blessed are the popular. The person who has lots of friends. Blessed are the, you know, when you're growing up as a teenager, blessed are those that can fulfill all their pleasures. That's definitely one. Blessed are the religious. If you were to go all over the world, There'd be people, some people would say, if you will follow this religion with all your heart, man-made religion, you'll be happy. I don't know if there's anything much more frustrating than religion. Like man-made religion. You try to do, they're all the same. Every single religion is the same. You boil them all down. They're all exactly the same. It's man trying to reach God in his pride, in his own strength. And you can't. So that's got to be frustrating. I gave up. I couldn't do follow the Ten Commandments or follow whatever for more than a 
few minutes, let alone. So you, you, you try to do that and you realize if it, religion would be so frustrating because you're supposed to do all these things and if you fail, you don't make it. And so that is a very, that is not blessed. But as you read stories of people, if you read the history, I love history. And you read, if you think blessed are the rich, you just read the story of the rich or the powerful. I, I loved reading the history of probably the most richest and powerfulest people in the world were one of them was uh, this, all the different Caesars. They, they were really world rulers. They were, they were potentates, if you would say, other than God, of course, way above them. But they, they ruled the world. And you read their life stories, there's nothing more pathetic and sad. You read the stories of the richest people. They're, the sad, they're sadder, actually, because the poor people think that richness is going to make them happy. And so they're always seeking it and saying, ah, the reason why I'm not happy is because I haven't reached it. But those who truly reach it, they're really sad because they've realized. It's sort of like the story of the uh, greyhounds. You know how the greyhounds race on the tracks and they put those fake rabbits in front of them and they put smelling, they put smells on them. And so these, these <laughs> I guess they're just like us, chasing after that rabbit their whole life. And one finally caught it. One got the rabbit and he had it in his mouth for a and he spit it out and they couldn't get him to run anymore. He realized, what, that's what I've been chasing my whole life and it just, it's gross. And so it's like us too. You, you reach it and you realize well, I'll check that one off. Oh, how happy are the rich? Or oh, how happy. I thought if you win all the sports and, and, and you get this, oh, how happy is that? You, you just leave a Canadian championship and you're just, that wasn't that great. Really. Or, or pleasures that the world has to offer and you go after them and you realize I'm much more empty than I was before. So you could try if you want to choose what was blessed and go after it. But it's sort of like Mick Jagger says, I can't get any satisfaction, even though I try and I try and I try. Go ahead and try. You'll come up empty. But Jesus here tells us now, this is what's truly blessed. And it is a little surprising, I must admit, when, when I first read it too. Wow, this is definitely not what most people, unless you've tasted it. But I could tell, I knew Christians and you can always find the fakes too, but I always say to people, yeah, I know all these fake Christians, but I said, don't you know a few that are real? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You always get, oh, yeah. I My grandma or whoever. You want to be that person that the world looks at and says, that is truly blessed. And if the church isn't, shame on us. But Jesus is absolutely right. I mean, obviously he's right. And so he starts off and he says, oh, how happy are the poor in spirit. And at first that's, I would have said rich, but what do you mean poor in spirit? Oh, how, it's, these are all, a lot of them are paradoxes. They're, they're seeming contradictions, but they're absolutely true. Oh, how happy are the poor in spirit. And the word poor we talk, it means totally bankrupt. Oh, how happy. You, you, he really makes you think. He didn't just like, he just says it and you have to think about it. Oh, how happy are those who are poor in spirit. Bankrupt in spirit, inside. And what that truly means is, oh, how happy is the religious person who's been chasing religion their whole life and no, finally comes to the place where he realizes, 
All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I can't reach God. True biblical salvation is God reaching man. That's the only way. And man reaching God is total pride. But when you get to the place where you real poverty of spirit, where you realize, oh, I can't reach God. We're so blessed to know that God reached us and we humble ourselves. That's the only way to be saved. So the beginning, the beginning of all blessedness, there's no going over this step. It's sort of like steps going to blessedness, but the way I look at it is, it's like steps going down to humility. It begins when you finally, your eyes are opened and you realize that money will never satisfy me. Sex will never satisfy me. This liquor, how much is enough liquor? How much is enough money? How much is it? It doesn't satisfy. And you look at people like Hitler, Alexander the Great, the Caesars. It, the Bible says, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and he lost his soul? These guys gained a big chunk of it and died very sad people and went to hell. That is not oh how happy. God says, oh how happy is the person. The beginning of all blessedness is when you come to the place where you realize, I can't reach God. Money won't satisfy. And it's this poverty of spirit that comes into your life and your, your eyes are open. You realize, I need to seek God. There's a poverty of spirit. And that's the beginning of being truly blessed. And if you look at your own life, if you truly know God, you know that was the greatest thing that ever happened to you. The greatest thing that ever happened to me is I got so sick and tired of chasing after all these other things. And that was God showing his great love to me by blessing me with poverty of spirit. And the first two Beatitudes really have to go together because poverty of spirit really goes with mourning. That's a, that's a total contradiction. Oh, how happy are the sad. And it's true. If you, you look back at your life and you go, that is absolutely, I finally was so heartbroken chasing after all these things really for my own pleasure. And God opened my eyes to show me how I was bankrupt spiritually. And there was a brokenness in my heart. The saddest point of my life was right before I came to know Jesus. And it can happen at any age. I've seen it happen to so many people. And you watch them. There's this sorrow. And it leads to tremendous joy. Oh, how happy doesn't say it. But there's this place. The blessed person is the person who begins to see, I'm empty. And I need God. And it, our hearts are broken. And that godly sorrow, we're looking at the steps here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And then blessed are the meek. If that poverty of spirit, where God is trying to get every single person in this world, is to humble themselves. Because he can give grace to the humble. Pride, God resists. If you really look at the Bible, it's messages. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see it all the way through the whole Bible. And so the ble most blessed thing that can happen to you is you begin to be blessed with that poverty of spirit, that mourning, till you come to the place in your life where that godly sorrow leads you to repentance, as the Bible says. And you turn from going your own way. You turn from trying to fill, fulfill your lusts and desires in selfishness. And you say, I, I stop living for myself. And I turn 180 degrees to follow after you, Lord. Blessed are the meek. I surrender my life to you in repentance. And then, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled by faith. 
we stop hungering and thirsting after all these other things, and we hunger and thirst after God by faith for the righteousness of Christ alone. And we're born again. We're saved for all eternity. That is blessed. And in 100 years, everyone here will know this way better than right now. Oh, how happy. Is that it's like one person put it this way. It says the whole world's aiming like, you know, in school when you had to do how that was wondered, what kind of insurance do we need for us idiots to be shooting these arrows? Guys that shooting it and, and shooting an arrow at a target. But in school, we'd, we'd have these targets and you'd pull back and you'd aim for it. And you'd, you know, whatever, how good you were, but you're all aiming for the target. And the whole world is aiming for the target of happiness. Really? That's what the world is aiming at. But no one can ever hit it. Jesus here says, stop aiming at that target. Turn 180 degrees and aim at Christ. And he says, the amazing thing is you aim at the target of Christ and you'll, fi you'll find him. If you seek him, you'll find him, but you'll also be blessed. Oh, how happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. It's absolutely true. You know it if you know him. And I can tell you, it is true. Oh, how happy are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's really, I believe, that beatitude is the climb. Is the, this is what we're aiming for. To be filled, to be satisfied in Christ alone. And after you become a Christian, the Bible says... The same way you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. This is the blessed way to walk in Christ. Every day you wake up, if you turn to Christ and He satisfies you in the joy, I remember the joy you could hardly contain yourself because my heart was right with God. All the guilt that I'd been carrying, I love the Pilgrim's Progress because it's ab, that part where the, the big weight comes off His shoulders. I cried and cried. That's exactly true. The weight of guilt, thinking I should never be saved. But it's not by what I've done, it's by, by, by what he did. And it's, oh, how happy. But he says, I want you not just to live like they're okay, you're, you're done, you're good. No, if you live in the Beatitudes, every day realizing, I can't live for you, I can't love the way you ask me to love, I can't follow the word of God. We're still bankrupt, and every day we come to him, and the beauty now is that we can stand right underneath the fountain and receive everything we need from him every day. We, we till, still agree, I can't do this. Even Jesus warns us, you might come to Jesus and start walking in the flesh again, but you'll be brought back. There, there, you can hold a little broken cistern with yucky water, it'll start to get sailed, but you'll always be brought back to the fountain. Why not stay there? I'm poor in spirit today. I need God. I, I'll share a little bit later, but I need him every moment. There's no way you could follow. This would be the most frustrating book on earth if you were to try to do it yourself. There's no way you can turn the other cheek. I remember I laughed at that. How in the world? But it's by the power of God. I'm totally bankrupt today, but he'll fill me today and all day if I keep humble before him. So you walk in that poverty of spirit. You walk in the morning, mourning over sin. If you don't mourn over sin, you're not blessed. And you've hardened your heart. But the terrible thing is we deceive ourselves. We get to the place where, how did I get here where I can be mean to somebody it doesn't even bother me anymore? <laughs> oh, how happy are, the, are, the pure, are, are the, those that mourn. We walk in our Christian life. If sin doesn't break your heart, we're not walking in the blessed place. And you walk in meekness every day, surrender to God. 
Blessed are the meek. Blessed is the person who's abandoned to God throughout day by day, moment by moment, step by step. And who's hungering and thirsting after his righteousness and is filled. And there's rivers of God's Holy Spirit flowing through your life. Not only blessed are you, but blessed is everybody around you. The fruits of God's Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. So you just continue walking in the Beatitudes. But what I want to share with you today as we're going to continue on now. Is there's a way to realize... God, the next four Beatitudes kind of tell you where you're doing with the first four. I believe that the first Beatitude, the fruit of the first Beatitude is the fifth. The fruit of the second Beatitude is the sixth. And so on. The next Beatitude says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you've really truly seen who you are, if you've been blessed with poverty of spirit, how on earth could we not give mercy to somebody else? So if you if you've are not being merciful anymore, you need revival in your life. And you need to be blessed with poverty of spirit again. And God really blessed me this week. Somebody did something to me that I thought wasn't very good. And I was battling. I have a very quick temper without God. And I was battling. And I was not doing really well. And I knew it was wrong. And I'm just... But I wouldn't deal with it. And then it was in my quiet time. That's always where God meets me. And he showed me my own sin. And he filled me with so much love for that person that now I'm ready to help him. My pride and my own, my own, not poverty of spirit. I don't know what you'd say, opposite of poverty. My own pride. How could he act like this? And then God began to show, how could you act the way you have without me? You'll never help him with this kind of attitude. And so I'm filled to overflowing with love for that person. Now, I truly can say that. I, I, I can't wait. You get the big beam out of your own eye. And then God will help you to be able to get, because I love this person. He's been a friend for a long time. But I wasn't very happy with him. And Jeff in himself cannot forgive But I got alone with God, and God blessed me again with poverty of spirit. And I was filled with love. For that person and mercy. God can help you too. Like sometimes we're so hard on people in this area that we do well in. And when they do bad in that area, we just judge them and we're not merciful. And God says, okay, you're so good. You're kind of like me. You're like God, I guess. I'm just going to take my hand off you and see how well you do in this area. And so when somebody else is struggling in one area, anger and temper is a bad is an area I battle in. It just says, okay. You go ahead and go on your own. See how you're doing. If you're the judge, and he takes his hand off you, and you, you quickly realize, oh, I want mercy, Lord, please. Then I'll, I'll give mercy to you. Just like the guy that is given, forgiven all that huge debt and chokes the guy that owed him a little bit. We do that all the time. And so, if you are not merciful, you're not poor in spirit either. And you need a revival. You need to get back right with God. But then you get right with God again. You've been forgiven. You leave that quiet place totally forgiven. And you just can't wait to forgive. Mercy. There's the world, the church has a strong message, a hard message. But when you speak it with such mercy and such love, you hear the things that Paul would share, that these other guys would share. They're Jesus. Powerful, hard things to say, but with great love. 
That only God can do that. Only God can bring that kind of balance. Either we're harsh or we're compromising without him. You go in whichever ditch you want. But when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you're merciful, but you're also firm and bold. Because you know that sin is everyone's worst problem. But you still love that sinner. Because God loved you. So, mercy. Oh, how happy are the merciful. You ever seen a happy, bitter person? You're lying to yourself then. Because you haven't. Bitterness sucks the joy of... And the church, if the church is bitter, the world has nowhere to look. We cannot be unmerciful. And so if you are today, if you're, the great news is that you can fix it. Well, you, you can't. But if you humble yourself, God can. So ask, Lord, would you bless me with poverty? Would you help me? If you ask him to help you with your, if you just be honest and say, God, I'm not being merciful. He'll help you. He'll bless you. And then, blessed are the pure in heart. Isn't that true? David says this when he'd sinned with Bathsheba and Uriah and he tried to fight it. And he said his bed was wet with tears because of all. Oh, how unhappy are the, the hearts that are dirty and sinful. That is absolutely true. But oh, how happy when your heart is cleansed, when you're right with God, right with each other, walking in the light. That's what Jesus said. This is how you can have fulfilled joy is if you walk in the light. And so, blessed are they that mourn is a fruit. The fruit of mourning over sin is a pure heart. But if you're here today and sin that used to bother you doesn't anymore, you need to be blessed by God with mourning again. That's what he says. Turn your laughter to mourning, your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. But if you have hardened your heart, it's very easy. It is so easy to harden your heart and you're usually the only one who doesn't see it. The Bible says that. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily with meekness, with, with uh, mercy. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The Bible talks about deceitful lusts. It talks about deceitful sin. It talks about deceiving your own selves. And when we're walking in sin, we try to, we, we deceive our own selves by saying it's not so bad. And we're deceived. And we're not happy. And so if you don't have a pure heart here today, you need to ask God to bless you and break your heart over sin again. That one of the greatest blessings a Christian can ever have is a soft heart towards sin. And if you've lost that, you're not walking in blessedness. But God can bless you again. That you'd mourn over sin. They said about the Puritans who founded the United States, this godly group of people who started a nation on God. They said the only thing they feared was sin. That is a great way to live. Not somebody else's sin. Well, that comes into it because we care about them, but not because we want to judge them. But oh, how happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you haven't seen God for a while, you don't have a pure heart. Like, either you, God doesn't lie. The Bible tells you'll see God in your prayer life. Who can ascend into the hills of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands, that means between each other, and a pure heart. And who hasn't lifted up his soul to idols, nor sworn deceitfully. You will find the blessing of the Lord, it says. 
You'll meet God every day. You cannot fellowship with God without a pure heart. And you can always have a pure heart if you'll humble yourself and ask God to forgive you. You'll walk into the light, as the Bible says, and confess your sins. You have a pure heart again. <clears throat> but if you say, oh, I haven't seen God for a while. Well, he hasn't moved. But you'll also see the power of God in your life. God flows through pure hearts. His power, his Holy Spirit. But sin grieves his spirit. But if, you're, if you have a broken heart towards sin and you quickly deal with it, the, the, the rivers of living water flow through your life and you, you have a life that affects others and you're so blessed. All the fruits of God flowing through your life, who wouldn't want joy and peace to be flowing through your life? That's the joy you get of being a channel for God to work through. Oh, how happy are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You'll see God working in, through you in others. You'll see God in close fellowship. And you'll see God do great things as you pray. Because you now are in intimate fellowship with the Lord Almighty. But if you've lost your hatred for sin, if you've lost your broken heart towards sin, today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. He says it three times in a row. Don't harden your heart. A hard heart is a, is a sad heart. Then, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. They are very, very, uh, they're a very uh, precious commodity today. Peacemaker. Oh, there's lots of people that can really stir the pot. There's lots of people that you cannot get along with. But a peacemaker, they're hard to fight with. And remember, blessed are the meek. If you humble yourself before God Almighty, he'll give you the grace to humble yourself before others. And a meek person is very hard to fight with. But they'll be the first one to stand on right things. It's amazing. In United States history, first there was this greatest stock market crash in the United States history up to that point. And then there was a great revival after that. The God of money was knocked off its pedestal. And then people turned back to God by the, in the millions at that time. And that was... A quarter of the United States was saved during that time. And then there was the Civil War. Because people would not allow others to own another person. If you're meek, you'll be the first to stand for what's right, but you'll do it with mercy and you'll do it with love. If you're walking in the Spirit. You look in the Bible, these guys were bold. Everywhere Paul went, there was a revival and a riot. <clears throat> <clears throat> but you, you, you could, I've seen it in people. How can you be so loving and yet so bold? It's what it said in the Bible. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke the word with boldness. But without humility, you're, you're, you're nasty. So when you're meek, when you're truly meek, you will be a peacemaker. You'll be hard to fight with personally. You'll help others to find peace. That's one of the most beautiful things to see. Someone who's always helping others to find peace. Even getting knocked down a bit in order to keep peace. But not peace at all costs. They're not compromisers. And then you'll help people find peace with God. Your life will be real. If you're meek, if you're surrendered and abandoned to God, you will be a peacemaker. But there's a now a balance. You'll also be persecuted. The, the fourth, if you 
Blessed, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled with the Spirit of God, and then you will be persecuted. The Bible says all who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Some people, I just want to make this clear. Sometimes I think I thought I was persecuted or other people thought they were persecuted and I wasn't being persecuted for righteousness. I was being persecuted because I was a jerk. I was persecuted because I was proud. And people can get that all mixed up and you're like, I don't think so. But when you're really living a godly life, I can say from that side, when my dad became a Christian and my brother became a Christian, I saw such reality. I could not believe it. I thought, this is so real. But I did not like it. Because I wanted to live a different way. And so like the Bible says, those who live in darkness, that light, they don't like the light. You, you're actually, it's a weird thing if you've never experienced it. You really respect them because of how they're living. But you hate how it makes you feel. That light makes your darkness even look worse. And so you kind of attack them, even if you love them. I mean, we see it all through the Bible. Paul, like we said, Paul or Jesus would go somewhere. We'd crucify Jesus again. That pure light coming into our darkness, it makes you mad. Especially religion. If you're seeking to, with all your heart, your whole life, you've been just striving and pride to reach God, and you see somebody else who's just so full of peace and strength and joy and love, and it would make you mad. My way might be wrong. And that's how the religion of the world are toppled. By love. By kindness. By the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It's usually through persecution. And they see, wow, this is real. What I have is not real. This is real. But if you do hunger and thirst after righteousness and you are filled with the Spirit, you will be persecuted. And don't be surprised. But it gives you an opportunity to love in the, in the face of meanness. And that really makes you mad. When I would be mad at my brother and make him try to make him mad at me because I was just so upset, he would just love me more. And that speaks to a heart, I'll tell you that. So, this is truly blessed. But I, I thought today, those second four, are those fruits in your life? Are you living a merciful life right now? Is your heart pure? Then you're seeing God for sure. There's lots here I know that are just, but if you're like me, man, I need, seem to need a revival every couple of days. But it's God opening my eyes with that poverty of spirit. Jeff, what are you doing? And then you mourn over it. Oh God, I can't believe it. Please forgive me again. And I humble myself before you completely. See, you see the, I'm, I'm saying the Beatitudes without saying them. But he opens your eyes. What in the world have I been doing? Like me being so upset at this person in my mind. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you can hide it well. God knows. And then I mourned over it. Even this morning again. And I came to God and I said, God, please forgive me. I humble myself before you and I will definitely humble myself before that person. And now I'm hungering and thirsting after you to fill me with a love, not just a tolerate, but an aggressive love to win them. Take the huge beam out of my eye so I can get close enough to take the sliver out of his. 
because I don't want to see him go down this road either. That's revival. So if you're here today and you say, I'm not where I should be, I definitely am not. Just ask him to bless you. He knows, he'll take it from there. <laughs> you don't even tell him how to bless you because you don't know. He knows. But he always starts with poverty of spirit. You can sort of be, okay, wow, now I see how you work, God. Remember, as many as I love, I convict them and I chasten them. First I work on the inside, then I spank, and I work on the outside. And then he says, be zealous, therefore, and repent. Can you see the Beatitudes in this too? Humble yourself and repent, because I'm knocking at the door. And I want to come in and have beautiful fellowship with you. That's a blessed person. Fellowship with the Almighty God. Walking in His power, walking in His love. Absolutely beautiful. The world will, it's not the world's problem what's going on in Canada today. It's the church. The church is the most powerful organism in the world. And when the church is walking in the Spirit, fulfilled with the Spirit, the world will melt. So we need to say, Lord, it's just like Jacob. He said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And you need to get in your quiet place and say, Lord, I won't let you go until you bless me again. And you watch him do the beautiful beatitudes in your life and bring you to the place where you're filled again. And you're merciful. And you're pure in heart. And you're a peacemaker. And you'll be persecuted. But he says you'll be rejoicing and be exceeding glad. Like, how is that possible except for by the Holy Spirit? Like Paul getting whipped and beaten and he's singing in the stocks. And the whole prison gets saved. How many times do we miss stuff like that where we're whining and sniveling over little things? But God, that's us. But if we can go to God and say, God, would you just fill me? Okay, there's a process that needs to happen. Let's start. Let him do his process. And then you'll be filled again with the Spirit. And then start, don't just be selfish. Start praying, Lord, would you, don't, not just bless me, would you bless my family? And watch him. He'll always start with poverty of spirit. Do not wreck what God's trying to do. He'll move to mourning. What we do as parents is we wreck God working in our kids. God's bringing them through that poverty of spirit, through that mourning process, and we step in and, no, 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 you can't have this happening. Let God do his work. Pray, love. But pray for God to bless your family. And then be prepared. You, you need to know how he works. As soon as I start seeing poverty of spirit, Lord, tell me what to say. Because you are definitely at work at this guy's life. I can't wait. Oh man, there's poverty of spirit. This guy's getting blessed. <laughs> it's not fun. We've been there. But be available for God to use you. Because now you can hear God. You can, you can see God. You'll see God. You'll see God working people. Your eyes will be open. You're not all about you anymore. It's about everybody out there. And you start seeing, wow, God is really working. I'm not the only person in this world. And so as God blesses you, pray that he'll bless your family. Pray that he'll bless your church. God is blessing your church. There's definitely people being revived in this church. I see it. Like I know lots of you. And it's beautiful. You might get persecuted. So who cares? It's about him, not you. And so, pray that God will bless your church. And while you're praying for people, you know they're not going to be easy to live with when God's working on them hard. So you be merciful. Then pray that God will bless your town and your central Alberta and Canada because and, that blessing starts to flow. 
So it's quite exciting, actually. God bless America. I don't think that's what a lot of the people that are saying it know what will really happen if God really blesses America, but pray it. I always think, good. I agree with you completely. But it's not by giving us more money. He may, once he blesses us, he can give us all sorts of money and, and gifts and talents, and then you can go use them for the glory of God rather than your own glory. It's awesome. But it has to be for him. And he'll do the work to make sure that it is for him. So it's quite exciting to me. I think God really wants to bless us all. We just have to let him by humbling ourselves. So I'll just maybe pray in then. Lord, you know how much I love this passage, even though it hurts so much. But it is truly, this is the truly blessed person. So Lord, I just want to pray for all of us right now here in this room and all the ones we love. Our whole city, throughout this whole central Alberta and Canada, Lord. Would you bless us with poverty of spirit, Lord? Forgive me, Lord, so often. <clears throat> going in my own strength. Lord, I pray you'd open all our eyes. I pray that you'd bless us with poverty of spirit. Bless us with true mourning, that sin would really break our hearts, Lord. If we've hardened our hearts, Lord, just give us such a, like that one lady prayed, give me such a soft heart that if a leaf landed on it, it would make an impression. That sin truly would break our hearts, Lord. Bless us with meekness. Lord, we want to surrender and abandon ourselves to you. And that you'd give us the grace to surrender to others and, and, and humble ourselves before others. Lord, bless us with a hunger and thirst after righteousness that we might be filled. Dry up our hunger and thirst, the wrong hungers and thirsts in our lives. And put them in the place they're supposed to be. That they'd just be a joy that we could give back to you. Or if you need to take them right out, we pray you just, you know. So bless us with a hunger and thirst for righteousness that we might be filled. Lord, bless us that we'll be merciful. Give us those loving hearts. Bless us with pure hearts, Lord. And it's so beautiful. You told us, you promised us in your word, if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What a promise. So Lord, if there's sin in our lives, Lord, just please help us to humble ourselves before you and confess it and turn away from it by your power and grace. Bless us, Lord, that we be peacemakers. Lord, that we'd make peace with others, that we'd help others make peace, and we'd help people make peace with you. And Lord, when we're persecuted, I pray that we would, as you said, rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven, you said. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you. That's a tough one, Lord, but I pray that even when we're persecuted, we would be so kind and so loving for you. Thank you for this beautiful congregation, Lord. What a blessing. I pray that you would so bless Unity Baptist. I pray that this church would be used so powerfully by you that when people hear and look at what you're doing in this place, Lord, you, that you do such a work that men would know that thou whose name alone is Jehovah art the most high over all the earth. That your name would be glorified in and through this church. I pray for Pastor Ben and the board and everyone that you would just fill each person in this church with your spirit and use it for your glory and for hope mission as well and meeting here too as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.